Good morning, Crossroads. Everyone enjoy the snow? Some of you. Do we like, does someone like the snow in here? Other, others don't like the snow? Every year when it snows, I'm like, why do I live here still? Like, why do I choose this as an adult to be here? But here I am again. So good morning, and we're so glad you guys ventured out. Some of the roads still are a little slippery, so we're just glad that you are here. And a few things, yes, this is the fourth week my dad has not spoken. Number two, yes, him and my mom both had COVID, both had different symptoms, but moms were resolved a lot quicker than my dad's. Dad's, he's still very weak and had a fever that lasted almost 18 days, and his body is still recovering, so he really wanted to be here. And in fact, he didn't say this is what he was going to do till about Wednesday. So he said that it's just best that he continues to rest because he's just still very tired and weak. Talking to him on the phone, he just doesn't sound like himself still. So they are very grateful for your prayers and checking in on them and seeing how they are doing. And then he wanted to share that he is gunning to be back next week for Super Bowl Sunday, baptisms, all that good stuff. So please continue to check in, give your prayers, and they would really appreciate that. So I didn't find out that I was going to speak until Wednesday, and I had zero ideas of what I was going to speak on or what I thought God wanted me to speak on. So I ended up having this dream one night this week where I had completely forgot to prepare a message. And I remember getting up to speak, and I had this Tamagotchi with me. Do you guys know what a Tamagotchi is? We got my girls one for Christmas because I'm nostalgic and I had one, so we had one. We have two now and they die all the time. But anyway, so I had my Tamagotchi with me and it was what I had all my notes on. And at the same time, it acted as a microphone. So it's like this big, right? And it was really weird. So I got up to the podium with my Tamagotchi and fear flooded my veins as I realized that there were no notes on the Tamagotchi because I, in fact, did not write any. And I had to speak, but I had no notes. And I was up here staring at all of you. And so what I did is I decided to use all of you to create my message. So I took my Tamagotchi microphone and I asked random church attenders in the audience why they felt it was hard to trust God. Why is it so hard for you to trust God? That's what I went through the whole audience and asked that question. And I singled many of you out. And you gave your responses out loud, and then we basically had a group therapy session where we linked the reason why we have a hard time trusting God is because of the lack of trust we have in ourselves and the way we view ourselves, and therefore that links the way we view God. And for you, that's weird. For me as a counselor, it made 110% you know, sense. So I was like, this is what, it's perfect. And I remember waking up feeling as though that spur of the moment message had been a success. And then I woke up in panic, thankful that it was in fact a dream, because that's a nightmare. I, and some of you are like, my nightmare is going to class naked, right? Mine is like not having a message prepared. So although I only started writing this Friday, <laughs> that's like not, that's not long ago. We were super close to using my dream as an outline, but we did not. So you're good. You can thank God that wasn't the case, because although I would be curious to hear your thoughts on why it's hard for you to trust God, I would like to know that. But we'll, we'll have to say that for another day when I have another message to do. So this week we had some snow and that led to some snow days for me because now I have a new job where I'm at a school and with that comes snow days. That was amazing. I had no idea. Like what a perk. And all I wanted to do was sit down 
on a chair on my couch with a blanket and read my books. I love reading, and my favorite books are fiction, and they usually involve crime and murder. I love murder books. So I know I'm one of those people. I listen to crime podcasts, all that great stuff. If it's a serial killer, sign me up. I want to know all about it. I was actually reading a nonfiction book this week, still on murder, and all I wanted to do was sit on the couch. That's all I wanted, with a blanket and make myself a latte and read. But no matter what my heart desired, I have a hard time just resting. I have this issue where my children believe they need to eat three meals a day, and so with that comes dishes. More like, but this is a mom tip, use paper plates. No, it does not save the earth, but yes, it saves my sanity, so that's a win. So I felt like I spent a lot of time in the kitchen preparing meals, baking cookies, doing big breakfast, and then cleaning it up just for another hour to be back in there doing the next meal, right? Isn't that awesome? That happens. And then when my heart could pull me back to the couch to read, the to-do list started piling up, and it called to me. It always makes the pitch to my responsible side, always. Hey, Keisha, you have three days off work. Go through the closets, Organize bedrooms, go through the cabinets, do all of the things that you always want to do but don't do because of time. So my responsibility side takes the lead, cleans out drawers and does laundry, but yet my heart just desires to read. Because reading to me is my rest and my heart longs for rest. But then my dramatic side keeps, creeps in and tells me that I'm being lazy if all I do is sit here and read. I need to make sure I'm spending quality time with the kids and train the puppy, that I need to work out and be productive. And when I really want to settle in and rest, my inner critic comes out and chastises me, telling me that I'm being lazy. Yet I know deep down in my soul that rest is good and that rest is healthy. But if you look around us, we are not good at rest. And if you are good at rest, it is not something that anyone brags about. Have you ever heard someone tell you, oh yeah, I'm so good at rest? No one brags about that. Oh yeah, I am so good at just chilling and being and like reviving myself. No, you know what people say? I am so busy. I'm just running around all the time. We just go, 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 go with so-and-so stuff and so-and-so stuff. That's what we hear because we think busy and being overproductive is some kind of badge of honor and rest is seen as the scarlet letter, a big old L for lazy. And yet we know that everything that moves and goes and produces and exerts energies needs to recharge or refresh everything. Our cars need to be refueled with gasoline or plugged in if you're fancy. Our phones need to be recharged. Light bulbs need to be changed. Everything eventually wears down and we are no different. The thing is that we are not just a body that wears down. We are minds that become tired and weary. We are emotions that get beat down. We are souls that get weighed down. And with all of that, we need to take rest seriously. So today, we're going to zone in together and try to figure out the best ways that we can rest. Because I do not know anyone that does this well. I know the only time that I think I'm resting is when I'm like really overwhelmed and my rumination is going, I'm scrolling through my phone. 
but really I'm not resting. Really my mind is taking in too much information with useless things. And so I'm not resting, I'm escaping or detaching. And that is not rest. Rest does not equal escape. Rest equals restore. So I'm going to read some of how Webster defines rest. You don't have notes today. Did you notice that? Do you have a little, is it blank? Great. Take your own notes, okay? (laughs) Wonderful. You're all intelligent. It'll be great. So I'm going to read some of how Webster defines rest. Repose, sleep. Specifically, a bodily state characterized by minimal function and metabolic activities. Freedom from activity or labor. A state of motionlessness or inactivity a place for resting or lodging, peace of mind or spirit, free from anxieties. Let me ask you this question. Think about it for a second. When is the last time that you had minimal function? When was the last time that you have been set free from anxieties or labor? When is the last time that you've had peace of mind? Brene Brown states that rest is actually play, which sounds awesome. The all opposite of work is play. So how often have you either just been free from anxieties, motionless, or you've enjoyed play? Doesn't that sound kind of nice? I think all of us still long to be like playful. We still want to play and have fun but how many of you have played or have just had moments to just be still? And we don't like it. Actually, they told me just to do silence message today, like come out here and say, we're gonna take 30 minutes of silence. How many of you would that make really awkward? (laughs) Right, that means you're not free from anxiety. That's what that means. If we are not moving or doing something or not productive, we feel like we're missing out on something or we're losing something. But we need to experiment practicing with rest and play. So I wonder, this is what I know, that new patterns in our mind can be developed. They're called neural pathways. We all have them. It's the way that your brain just normally functions. It's the roads that you have developed in your brain. The cool thing is, is we can create new neural pathways in our brain because our brain has this thing called neuroplasticity, meaning it is soft-wired. So we can change the way our brain sees the world, thinks, responds, all of that. But it comes through consistency and new patterns that we have follow through with. And I think we could all use some lessons in rest and peace. So let's pause again and just imagine a life where we worked well. We gave our all to work. We showed up and we worked and we did it for God and his glory and then And then we rested and we played well too. A life where when we pause, we can actually do so with peace. I think every year when I'm presented with the idea to pick a word for the year, I usually gravitate to words like peace and calm and contentment because at the end of the day, that's the thing I crave most in this life. I crave a soul that knows rest and knows rest well. Even when I'm working, even when hardship hits, even when pain comes, I want to live a life where in the middle of storm rests the eye and what the eye is known for in the storm is calm. So let's take a look at some ways that we can create new habits of rest together. And if someone has this mastered, 
please pull me aside at the end of this and let's have a chat because I'd love to hear how you have done this. And maybe I should come out there with my mic to get your thoughts. No? Okay, maybe next time. I think there are three categories we need to find rest. You can jot this down on your own notes, okay? Bodies, our mind and emotions, and our souls. So what I know about people is that our bodies hold our emotions. If you go to a chiropractor, they may adjust you and tell you that they can tell you're holding your stress somewhere. I usually hold my stress and my anxiety in my shoulders and my neck. And I also know that my anxiety can lead to stomach issues and fatigue. Did you know that anxiety and depression can be somatic, meaning they show up in our physical symptoms? And so resetting our bodies and bringing peace to our bodies is the one that we think of the most because we want to physically rest and tap out. Sleep is obviously an important way to do this, right? How many of you sleep really well? Okay, everyone else, find those people and tell them you're jealous of them. But sleep is important, and this is just one small piece is all I'm going to talk about with sleep. So in the Bible... Elijah, we all know, you guys know Elijah is, he's a prophet, he's a big dude. He's a big dude in the Bible. And this moment, he gets really depressed because some witch lady named Jezebel is after him. Okay, this is a great story. Look this up. So Jezebel is after him. Elijah is running. He gets, he gets depressed and he has despair. You know what God tells him to do? Go eat and sleep. Go take a nap, Elijah. Praise be, am I right? Like, awesome. Okay, Jesus. So did you hear me say today, go take a nap? Perfect. That's what, that's what you're going to take away from this. But why did God intervene in that way? Because he knows that our emotions impact our bodies, and sometimes it simply takes resetting our bodies. I was listening to an expert on this week, uh, on this topic named Claudia Hammond, and she reported that rest doesn't have to be remaining still. It can actually be anything that refuels you and refreshes you. If it's walking, awesome. If it's running or knitting or reading or rock climbing or skiing, golfing, yoga, awesome. As long as it gives you refuels and it refreshes you. I don't think refuels, that was proper, but whatever. It refreshes you. So let's like ponder this. What activities refresh you? What activity, when you've completed it, it makes you feel like your body was rested? I don't mean it's not tired, but it feels rested. It feels rejuvenated. And then why not do it more often? Bob Goff says, if it makes you happy, why do you not do it more often? Isn't that wild to think about? Why do we put away the things that make us feel better, we put it aside and don't do it. If you love rock climbing, if you wanna go to Sky Zone and jump on a trampoline, do it. I know some of you are like, my body can't, but modify it a little bit. If something gives you life and it refreshes you, how can you make that a part of your life more often? Isn't it amazing that some of the habits we know would be so wonderful for us and ones we actually enjoy, we do not execute. So start small. A five-minute walk, a five-minute dance party. Okay, there's this guy named Marshall Fitness on YouTube, and he is a thrill. Oh, my. And he does dances, and he's super, super fun. So look him up. He's great. Or a five-minute knitting session. 
a five-minute bike ride. Start small. I often think that the things that brought me joy as a little kid, what were those things? Kickball, putt-putting, bike riding. I know as our bodies age, again, we're not able to do some of these things. But what put a smile on your face? What did you used to enjoy? And how can you do it now? Last night, we went sledding with some friends, and boy, did we laugh. And it felt just as fun as when I was little. My toes were numb. You know that part we talked about it where I'm like, my toes are numb, which means I'm good now. You know, like when your toes get really cold and you're like, this is so painful. And then they get warm and numb and you're like, okay. I think that's like a precursor for frostbite, but whatever. So we had fun and kids were getting wiped out everywhere. and We were dodging people left and right. And my body felt refreshed and it felt rested. What rests your body? What makes you feel refreshed and rejuvenated? Finding something that soothes you can also lead to rest. So science has shown that whatever soothed you as a child, your brain has stored it and will soothe you still to this day. Isn't that amazing? Yay, science. No matter how old you are, you could be 69 years old, You could be 83 years old, and if your mama rocked you, guess what, friend? Rock yourself. It will soothe you. So in my office at school, I have a rocking chair. And it's great for the kids I see. They rock, and it soothes them. Guess who also you'll find in that rocking chair during the day? Me. Because my mom rocked me all the time. And it soothes my heart now, just rocking. It makes my body feel at rest, my mind feel at rest. Just that rocking motion. That's why we have sensory rooms at school. So what is it that your mom did or the grown-up in your life did that soothed you? Sit in a rocking chair, if that's what it was. Some people loved being swaddled. Give someone a big hug, let them wrap around you, or get one of those weighted blankets. Some people really like comfy clothes. Put those on. Pacifiers are probably looked down upon now as an adult. But maybe try a Jolly Rancher or another hard candy. That's fine. No one will judge you for that. If you stick a pacifier in your mouth, we will judge you hard. I will. We will do those things. So these things can soothe our bodies and provide a calmness that is helpful. Another practice that can lead to our bodies finding rest is the practice of deep breathing. I know, here goes the counselor and her talk about deep breathing. All right, science backs this up, but let me tell you why and how it actually works. So the breath in, when you take a breath in, it jolts your heart rate up a bit. When you take a breath out, it slows your heart rate down. So your breath in needs to be about only five seconds. And the breath out needs to be about 10. It slows your heart rate down. So when you do it once, it's not going to work as much. But if you do it over and over, all of a sudden, your heart rate will match your breathing. And it'll calm your heart rate down. And then it tells your brain to release calming chemicals in your brain that help you calm down. Fancy, right? Look at that. Go God in your brain stuff, right? So deep breathing is helpful because it helps 
us have a practice that slows our heart rate down, that helps our body calm down. And if our bodies can hold our emotions, right? I think something even more important to rest is our mind and our emotions. So I did some research on ways to find rest for our mind and our feelings, because I wonder if we could find rest for our mind and our emotions, would that help decrease the restlessness in our bodies? So one of the things that I think is so helpful and something Brandon and I just talked about was disconnecting from distractions. I have noticed that I do not ever just let my brain be. I am either listening to something, watching something, scrolling through something if I'm not engaged in work or another activity that requires my energy and attention. I usually go to bed scrolling or searching and then I wake up the same. My brain is always taking in information. I have so many times a day that I'm on, like I get on a Google trail. I'm shopping for groceries online and I see chocolate chips and I'm like, oh, I'm gonna go to Pinterest and find a really easy recipe for chocolate chip cookies. And then I remember I need a new cookie sheet because I burnt the other one. So I'm on Amazon and then the ads show a new purse. I'm like, well, that is a cute new purse. Then I'm looking at purses and I'm like, oh, I wonder if the girls would like a purse. So I go back to look for little girl purses. Then I'm like, what outfit would they wear with that? I have to think about Easter in a little bit. So now I'm looking up dresses like at Old Navy and then I get on TikTok because it's TikTok. And then I completely forget that I was grocery shopping. And what if we created space without distractions? A space to just let our mind be without taking any new information in or things that take us away from the real treasures in life. Not all the time, but pockets of it throughout our day. Limiting our social media time, limiting our screen time, limiting the news, putting away your magazine, setting limits around work, simplifying information to decrease distractions. Some of us are distracted by people, schedules. We're constantly doing and moving. Some of us are distracted by shopping or even obsessive working out or constant worry. What distracts one person is going to be different for the next. And how can we determine our distractions? Ask yourself, what is the thing that tears you away from the things that matter most in life? What keeps you from people in your life? What keeps you from rest? What are the distractions that hinder those things? And what steps do you need to take to remove these distractions from your life? I actually heard that they have this new thing, um, and it's about moms that really want to go to bed, but they've been tending to people all the time, so they find themselves on social media and they can't get off of it. Like, it's a real thing. They had like a name for it. I'm like, ah, oh, I feel so seen. But it's, it's true. Like I've done this all day doing other things for other people and I just want to be mindless right now. And so they actually have seen it's like an epidemic. So maybe we take our email off our phone. How many of you have your email on your phone right now? How many of you get chimed when the emails come to your phone? Mm -hmm. You know, they have this great thing on settings that we can turn off our notifications. When... This is a great thing. You go to your settings, say no, 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 no to notifications. You will survive. We live in a world that people think just because I can literally interrupt your life with a single text, I don't have to ask permission to send you, send you a text. Isn't that annoying? I can just literally interrupt anyone's life I want with their phone number in the middle of the day, no matter what they're doing, and plop a text in. I can intrude them every day if I want to. We can take notifications off. We don't have to answer every text. I know some of that gives a lot of anxiety about that, but it's okay. You don't have to. You don't always have to have your phone on your person. 
You can say no to draining activities. You can decrease the time you spend on certain distractions. I have learned that our distractions will never let themselves out the door. We are always going to have to be the ones that intentionally do that. Another thing I found out is that research has shown us that taking multiple breaks a day is helpful to get rest instead of working and working and working and then rewarding yourself with a break. I do this. I'm like, if I do this, 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 and this, then I can sit down. They actually say, just sit down at that point. Just sit down and then go back to the task. You will actually be more productive. Now, obviously, if you're at work, you can't be like, peace out, guys. I'm going to go take a 10-minute break right now. You, you can't do that. Um, if you have a flexible place, that's great. Go get some water. Walk around the building. You know, turn off the computer for a little. Play some music. Do some of that in between your day instead of just waiting at the end of the day where you just crash. Little pockets of breaks. Another thing that can help rest your mind and feelings is having an activity that helps you from transition from point A to point B. Maybe it is a transition from home to work, to work to home, a ball game to a ball game, or a social event to home. Check your emails one more time at work, that's it. And then have the same routine to shut down your office. I check my emails, I write a to-do list, I shut this down, shut that down, and then I leave. Or listen to a podcast on your way home to transition you to home. Cope ahead. If this happens, when I walk in the door, oh, this happens all the time for me. It gives me just anxiety thinking about it. Walk in the door and there's mess. Ugh, I have to cope ahead. If I walk in and there's mess, all right, Keisha, how are you gonna handle this today? How are you gonna, that's called coping ahead, coming up with things to do when the event happens. So if I walk in and I'm feeling anxious, I need to go to my bedroom for like 10 minutes and just chill out before I face the day. That's okay to do, you can cope ahead. Maybe you, go to, maybe you go for a walk. When you get home, you go right for a walk for a little bit. Take a shower. Do a dance party, okay? Have a transition routine to help refocus your mind and create more peace. Another practice to help rest your mind and emotions is practicing mindfulness. So basically, mindfulness is paying attention to the moment you are in on purpose, Instead of thinking about the future or dwelling on the past, remaining focused on the moment and paying attention to your present moment can help you redirect your thoughts. There are these things in your brain called the task positive network and the default mode. Default mode is your normal roadway. It's whatever your, your brain does when it's left to its own devices. If you are a critical person, Guess what? Your default mode takes over. If you're a worrying person, guess what? Your default mode takes over. But there's this other thing called task positive network. And that's the part that is activated when we are learning a task or we're focused on something like creating or cooking or baking or woodworking, building, landscaping, coloring. Only one of those parts can be activated at a time. So if you're in default mode, guess what? Your task positive mode is shut down. But if you enter into task positive network, your default mode of your brain shuts down. That awesome? So when you are really focused on something else, you are not letting your brain just go on its own devices. So it's almost like it takes a detour from your brain's normal pathways. So try this, learn something new. They did this study where they took a bunch of nuns from a convent after they died, not during, when they were alive. But they took their brains and they said that their brains were physically deteriorating from Alzheimer's, but they had zero symptoms. 
You know why? Because they were constantly doing things when they were alive. Going to this event, going to serve here, trying this new activity. They were constantly strengthening their brain so their brain did not deteriorate. So when we actually are doing tasks, not only does it help us decrease those normal default pathways that are not healthy, but it strengthens our brain. So being mindful helps you drown out the extra thoughts that live outside of your moment. Right now in this moment, I don't know what else is going on, but right now in this moment where your body is, we're safe. Right now in this moment, that we are together in, we are safe in this moment. And if we focus on that, that helps us so much. When we are looking at these things that can help us get rest, we determine that our body is impacted by our mind and our emotions. And I believe that our mind and our emotions are impacted by the condition of our souls. And rest truly can come when our souls are calm and at rest. Our souls are the most important. The root of true rest, and I think the rest that deserves our most time, but let's be honest, one that gets the least of our time. One of the ways that we can rest our souls is by finding comfort in God's word. And I know that sounds like a Christian cliche, but it holds so much value. I know for me, when I'm spending time in God's word, it becomes mundane and routine. It's okay, we can admit that at times, it does. And like everything that is routine, it becomes mindless. I have times where like, if I'm not being mindful and I'm paying attention to what I'm reading, if I am focusing on this moment and I'm paying attention and I'm being present, I'm gonna remember a lot more. Mindful connection with God is a necessity. And when we are mindfully connecting to God, then we can really engage with him. And I've had so many times where I read something simply so I can check it off my devotional to-do list. My, oh, look at me, I'm a pastor's wife and pastor's kid and I did my devotions, go me. And then I'm like, I don't know what I read. I don't know. And therefore I miss it. I miss the message. I miss connecting with the creator. I miss the power that I know is behind the words I am reading because I am not actually focusing what I'm reading. And there is power in meditation. Meditation is simply thinking deeply or focusing one's mind for a period of time to think carefully about something. Sometimes people hear meditation and they're like creeped out like it's some kind of new age stuff. But truly, it means to focus on something carefully. And out of all the things we could focus our minds on carefully, wouldn't we want it to be God's word? I think it would be a beautiful thing to commit to meditating as a church body. What if every single day for just one minute, each of us picks a verse or a passage and we get rid of all distractions and simply read and reread the same passage? It could be hard at first. Our mind's gonna wander and that's okay. It's gonna go to to-do lists and schedules. Your worries are gonna come up, but the more we practice, the easier it will become, just like anything else. When we tell kids practice makes perfect, well, practice actually makes growth. But if we do one minute, and then two minutes, and then three. Imagine what would change in our lives if we simply let our soul rest in the truth of God's word, if we simply focused and meditated on his promises for us. Like we're gonna be doing the purpose-driven life soon as a church, and what if we added this on top of it, right? For one minute, we just meditate, because I need the accountability. I think we all need that accountability. 
Another thing is journaling. Whatever you begin with a prayer journal or journaling a verse where you dissect it, write down a verse, read it, and then ask God for insight and write that down as well. Ask yourself these questions. Who is this verse talking to? What is the context of the original verse? What does this verse mean to me? What does this verse tell me about God's character? How can I apply this verse and then pray utilizing the verse you just read? Brandon talked last week about how Christians, we need to be weird. We only get weirder by spending time with the one that makes us weird, right? Journaling prayers, gratitudes, and verses sets aside intentional time to be mindful and meditate. Rest, remember, equals peace of mind and free from anxieties. And to help accomplish this, we need to find rest for our souls. So we're going to do something. I'm not going to make you be silent for long, but we are going to practice some silence. Not like Pete suggested for 30 minutes. I won't do that to you. But we are going to focus on Jesus. We're going to practice these meditations. Uh, Not because you necessarily need them, but because I need them. And we're going to do it together. So we're going to meditate. So what we're going to do is we're just going to close our eyes. And we're going to do some of that deep breathing jazz I talked about earlier. We're just going to breathe out for five seconds. But when we breathe out, I want you to imagine you're breathing out your stress, your worry, your anxieties, your frustrations, your doubts, whatever it may be that feels heavy on your body. So breathe out. One, two, three, four, five. And then I want you to breathe in for five seconds. And then out for 10 I know it's tricky. Breathe in one more time for five seconds. And out again for 10. And then just listen to the words I'm going to read. I'm going to read a passage. I want you to visualize this passage. If you find that your mind is wandering, that's okay. That's part of the mindfulness practice. Just gently bring yourself back to what we're focused on. Psalms 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessings. Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me, all the days of my life, and I will live in the house of the Lord forever. Keep your eyes closed. We're going to go on to the next one. Remember again, just bring your mind back to what we're focused on. We're going to meditate on God's word. This is how we find rest for our souls. Psalm 16, keep me safe, O God, for I have come to you for refuge. I said the other Lord, you are my master. Every good thing I have comes from you. The godly people in the land are my true heroes. I take pleasure in them. 
Trouble multiply for those who chase after other gods. I will not take part in their sacrifices of blood or even speak the names of their gods. Lord, you alone are my inheritance, my cup of blessing. You guard all that is mine. The land you have given me is a pleasant land. What a wonderful inheritance. I will bless the Lord who guides me. Even at night, my heart instructs me. I know the Lord is always with me. I will not be shaken, for he is right beside me. No wonder my heart is glad, and I rejoice. My body rests in safety, for you will not leave my soul among the sea or allow your Holy One to rot in the grave. You will show me the way of life, granting me the joy of your presence and the pleasures of living with you forever. Psalms 46, God is our refuge and strength, always ready to help in times of trouble. So we will not fear when earthquakes come and the mountains crumble into the sea. Let the oceans roar and foam. Let the mountains tremble as the waters surge. A river brings joy to the city of our God, the sacred home of the Most High. God dwells in that city. It cannot be destroyed. From the very break of day, God will protect it. The nations are in chaos and their kingdoms crumble. God's voice thunders and the earth melts. The Lord of heaven's armies is here among us. The God of Israel is our fortress. Come, see the glorious works of the Lord. See how he brings destruction upon the world. He causes wars to end throughout the earth. He breaks the bow and snaps the spear. He burns the shields with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be honored by every nation. I will be honored throughout the world. Go ahead and open eyes. This doesn't have to be a one-time thing. We can carry this onto our everyday lives, claiming our need to rest, claiming our need to refresh and refill. And if these verses are too long, do something else. Find whispers of God and let them repeat themselves to your heart. God is the God of peace. My God will never leave me or abandon me. He upholds me with his righteous right hand. Whispers of God can rest our soul. Will you pray with me? Jesus, our bodies need rest. Our mind and our emotions need rest. Our souls need rest. And you promise in Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 through 30, these words, come to me all who are weary and carry heavy burdens and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear and the burden I give you is light. Jesus, give us rest today. Give us peace. May we play and enjoy life and move our bodies. May we have moments to be still and rejuvenate and refresh ourselves. May you please just remind us that we can work, 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 work all the time. But really we need to play and rest, not only our bodies, but our mind and our feelings and our souls. And you will give us rest. I thank you that we can do practices that change even our brain, that change the way that we think, that we can do things that give us life and help us thrive. Jesus, thank you for the people here. 
Thank you for your love for us, that you literally will just go through anything in order to love us and to win us back. We thank you for that. For those of you that are here that maybe you don't know Jesus as your, your personal friend, he's someone you've heard about, but you don't know him, I want you just to invite you to just ask yourself, is this a step that you want to take? Do you want to follow Jesus? And if so, you can just repeat after me in the quiet of your own heart. Jesus, I just want to know you. I ask that you come into my life, that you be the leader of my life. I know that I make mistakes, but you are perfect, and I ask that your perfect sacrifice, that it will just substitute my mistakes. I want to spend forever with you, but I also want to live a life running after you on this earth. Jesus, we thank you. Thank you for your grace and your mercy, for your truth, for using us people that don't have it all together, but you want to use us and you want to change the world through our willingness to be used by you. And we love you in Jesus' name. Amen.